You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW Talknet. Hi, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. A lot to talk about. It's the Kavanaugh week here in Washington, D.C. once again. I'll talk about the latest there. Plus, we have new documents on how the Soros and the State Department had been working hand in glove, of course, using your tax dollars. And then we have a new lawsuit about an effort by the Obama administration to essentially ban certain types of ammo for the commonly used AR-15. Those of you who hate the Second Amendment are probably going to want to skip that one, but those of you who are concerned about the Second Amendment, you won't believe the gamesmanship, or maybe you will, that we've had to face in getting these documents from the ATF. But first up is the Kavanaugh Circus. Uh, This week has seen the collapse of leftist efforts, by and large, uh, to destroy his confirmation. He's not, it's not a done deal yet. As I uh, put this on tape, I'm recording this uh, version of the weekly update. Uh, The FBI hasn't come back with its full investigation or supplemental background investigation to the Senate, uh, nor has the Senate voted. But the Senate is expected to vote within days, and you can bet the FBI hasn't found Jack with respect to any of the allegations that have been levied quite often, in my view, maliciously against uh, Brett Kavanaugh to keep him off the Supreme Court. And in fact, the Democrats have moved away and the leftist opposition class in the Democratic Party, in the media, and in the activist community have moved away and uh, from the allegations of uh, assault, gang rape, and other ludicrous claims uh, to uh, saying that he drank too much or he lied about drinking too much, which is absurd on its face. Uh, but this is the uh, Stalinist approach to confirmations that the left has decided to take with Brett Kavanaugh. Accuse someone uh, using virtually no evidence of outrageous misconduct and demand that they fess up and explain themselves. And it's that backwards process that the Senate got too far into, in my view, last week with the hearing that I, that I thankfully was able to attend on behalf of Judicial Watch. You may have seen me there. Uh, but what a terrible hearing that was. And as I said before, there was this air of violence and intimidation in the Senate hallways that day. And sure enough, since then, uh, Senator Flake was confronted and assaulted in an elevator. Uh, their uh, senators are having to walk around with police escorts, including uh, especially Lindsey Graham, who has taken a leadership role on this issue. Uh, you've got uh, this terrible effort by the left to not just oppose a nominee, but to destroy him and do it in a way that intimidates others from supporting him. Now, if you think that's the way our Republican form of government is supposed to operate, then I really don't know what to tell you. But if you're a sensible American, you're concerned about what's going on here in Washington, D.C. And uh, the idea that Kavanaugh gets on the Supreme Court, uh, I hope it happens. I hope you help make it happen. I'll tell you what to do about that soon. Uh, It isn't going to erase the damage done to our institutions and to our Republican form of government uh, by the leftist attacks over the last two weeks. You've had uh, at least one woman uh, come up there and accuse her of gang rapes. Turns out that was a big lie. It's pretty clear it was a lie. 
Is she going to be prosecuted? I don't know. You have uh, the lawyers for Dr. Ford obstructing Senate investigations. Are there going to be ethics issues around what they did? Are there going to be investigations as to what they did? You had Dr. Ford perhaps mislead the Senate about her claims. And then, of course, you had the brazen rule-breaking by people like Cory Booker, who released documents in contravention of Senate rules. He admitted he did it. He made a big deal. I am Spartacus, he said. Well, being Spartacus requires expulsion from the Senate under the rules. That's the rule he violated. The release of confidential documents requires expulsion from the Senate. Is the Senate going to expel Senator Booker? Well, Judicial Watch filed an ethics complaint against him on that. Uh, But the good news is that the left's efforts to destroy have failed in terms of upending the confirmation process. Uh, But as we often say, the process is the punishment here. And so they've made it clear that other conservatives, when they come up for confirmation for sensitive positions such as the Supreme Court, this is what they can expect. So they may... uh, lose the Kavanaugh fight, but they've gotten their pound of flesh from the system in terms of frightening senators uh, from taking strong stands on behalf of stands on the behalf of the rule of law and in favor of constitutional conservatives being put on the Supreme Court and other key positions. And they've taken their pound of flesh in terms of allowing this air of violence and intimidation to achieve certain results. Jeff Flake, for instance, uh, he wasn't making any noise about an FBI investigation. He's a senator from Arizona who's retiring, a Republican, until he was assaulted in, a, in an elevator. Now, when I say assault, I don't mean people physically attacked him. But they cornered him. They wouldn't let him leave, it looks like. And that's the definition of assault. And this is what the left does. And uh, it, it can't go by without at least as far as Judicial Watch is concerned, we're going to try to hold them accountable. And uh, in the meantime, it's up for you to make your voices heard because the left right now, as we speak, is swarming the Senate, swarming the Hill. Again, trying to intimidate senators from doing the right thing, making them nervous. As I said, air of violence of intimidation, an air of violence and intimidation on the Capitol Hill. I'm not intimidated. But you can bet senators are intimidated. You can bet everyday citizens who also want to participate in the process are frightened from going up on the hill and having their views heard. So you have to have your voice heard. And how do you do that? You've got to contact your senators each and every day until he's confirmed. He could be confirmed as soon as tomorrow, although that's unlikely based on the schedule as, as of the time I'm taping this. could be Sunday, Monday. You'll know the time. But you've got to call your senator each and every day and let them know what you think about what's going on with Judge Kavanaugh. And, uh, and I would ask that you ask your senators to stand up for Judge Kavanaugh, not just vote yes, but stand up for him. Come out and say, I support him and I de- reject the filibuster of smears that has occurred here, the abuse of process that has occurred here, the lies and uh, libel that has occurred here, the misuse of Senate resources to target this man that has occurred here. 
Why is Lindsey Graham the only Republican you see on TV? Now, literally, he's not the only Senate Republican out there. Mitch McConnell, to his credit, has been making good floor speeches. Senator Grassley and his staff have been working hard. But there aren't that many Republican senators that you've seen, I guarantee you, on TV defending Judge Kavanaugh. Now, President Trump, to his credit, he's been out there calling it as he sees it. The establishment gets upset. Everyone clutches their pearls. Uh, But he quite succinctly, for instance, pointed out the problems in Dr. Ford's testimony. You know, I attended the hearing. It was emotional. Dr. Ford's testimony seemed sincere initially, but it falls apart upon consideration. Even during the testimony, she was saying things that made people think, what is going on here? Why is she attacking her friend? Why did she say that she uh, flies all over the place when she was telling the Senate through her lawyers that she was made nervous to fly? Why is it she can't tell us any details about the assault other than it was Judge Kavanaugh and that she had a beer? And of course, President Trump, other people walk, by, other people walk on eggshells because we're not allowed to question so-called victims. But we don't know she's a victim. We don't know that. She's saying she is. And in our system, we have a right to have questions about, well, what is it you're saying happened? We appreciate you may think something happened, but we have to have information more than that in order to destroy a man. I mean, we spent more time talking this week about Brett Kavanaugh's yearbook than anything else. I I still can't get over it last week, where I'm sitting in a Senate hearing room, the greatest deliverer of body in the world, the Senate fancies itself. And your your taxpayer-funded Senate staff comes out holding up a giant placard, giant poster-sized version of Brett Kavanaugh's high school yearbook. That's your Senate investigating this man's yearbook. Then we have New York Times stories this week that he threw ice at a bar party, at a, at a bar, back when he was in college or something, and that they were excited about drinking kegs when he was at, uh, doing beach, uh, when, when he was going to, to the beach with his buddies. This is journalism today. It's all about getting your political enemy. Yet NBC News, for instance, put this person on TV. Put her on TV. No corroborating evidence. No information. And she goes on to allege that Kavanaugh implied that he was involved in the most egregious type of sexual misconduct. Drugging and raping people. No evidence beyond her mere statement that didn't, on its face, hold water. You know, I, I, get, I get angry like you do probably about uh, certain policy issues, and when they don't go your way, you get upset, and you're like, oh, well, you know, I wish it happened. But this is, this is really personally upsetting. And I, and I think I've, that's what I hear from a lot of Americans, too. What's going on here is personally upsetting. 
in the sense we know this man is a good man. The left would have you believe he was a rapist, a drunk. All through high school and college. And then for 35 years did nothing. Was a perfect person. Does that make sense to you? Of course it doesn't. And if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. What does make sense is that the man you saw for 35 years having an unblemished record of ethics on the bench and, other, uh, uh, and, and his other professional endeavors was probably a pretty good guy as a, as a young man. But this is what it's come down to. I, I just can't believe I'm having to defend a, a nominee against this, these specious allegations. And uh, from an anti-corruption perspective, I hope there's corruption investigations into what the Senate Democrats did here. And maybe a House Democrat as well. I don't know. What we did get is confirmation of corruption by the Senate operation run by the Democrats, the minority side. Is there going to be an investigation of Senator Feinstein sitting on this information and then releasing it after the hearings? Were there leaks out of her operation? Was there improper coordination between her and uh, her lawyers, the Ford's lawyers? I tell you what, if Senator Feinstein were in the Justice Department, the IRS, or the FBI, there'd be no question she'd be under criminal investigation for abusing her position. But because she's in the Senate, it's, a, it's an old boys club in the worst sense of the word. So folks like Senator Feinstein are likely to be protected. And this is where you come in because you should be demanding not only a vote on Judge Kavanaugh, but accountability for the corruption of this process. So uh, I'm, I'm confident he'll get the votes. But you've got to let your voices be heard because they might be crowded out by the uh, often paid intimidation uh, 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 group, intimidatory group of protesters that are swarming the hill as we speak and causing grave security concerns for the senators individually. I'm sure the staff is nervous. And I know citizens, everyday citizens, fear for going up on the hill. I, I've, I've talked to people who are used to Washington who don't want anywhere, don't want to be anywhere near the Senate because they fear the violence. And the left likes that. So um, let's, let's, uh, let's work hard to make sure the right thing is done here, but we want accountability on this government, these government corruption issues. Let's make sure Booker is held accountable to the rule of law in the Senate. Let's make sure that there's an investigation of Senator Feinstein and other Democrats who may have abused their offices to target this innocent man, Judge Kavanaugh. So uh, we'll see what happens, and let's, uh, let's uh, work hard to get the right result uh, while there's still time. So just because it may be a weekend, don't feel like you can't call your senators. Call them, 202 224-3121. Call your senators. Let them know how you feel about the Kavanaugh confirmation process, how they should be handling it, what they should be saying. Share your views. 
you know, we have this precious right. It's a God-given right guaranteed to, to us. It's enshrined in the Constitution, the right to petition your government. Exercise it. So with that, uh, let's move to the next scandal because you know who's been involved, allegedly, in funding a lot of these protests? George Soros, right? George Soros, a a super wealthy individual, hardcore leftist, uh, spends his money on uh, groups to advance his agenda both here and abroad. I guess he has a First Amendment right to do that. We can reject what he does. As long as he follows the rules, he has a right to do it. Well, does he need your tax dollars to do that type of work? Of course he doesn't. Well, don't you know it? At least under the Obama administration, they were giving him money, his, or, his open society organizations abroad. And so Soros is very active abroad. He was active in Central America. He's active in Central Europe. He's active all over the world trying to impose his transnational uh, socialist agenda on other countries. In Hungary, they resisted strongly and pushed back against the Soros entities that were placed there. But other countries like Macedonia and Albania, they're having a much more difficult time. And they're not helped by USAID and the State Department working hand in glove with Soros in those those countries. Specifically in Albania, we already uncovered through Freedom of Information Act litigation, uh, that $9 million, your tax dollars, during the Obama administration went to help uh, the uh, open society operation, the Soros operation in Albania. This man's a billionaire. He doesn't need your tax dollars. But it's that relationship, as far as the Obama administration was concerned, because this money, I think, was paid to him in 2016, just having the dollar go out the door to Soros gives Soros and his cronies there who work in his organizations the excuse to work hand in glove with the government because they've got that financial connection. So um, that's why it's important, A, that it be exposed and, of course, be stopped. But secondly, we've received new documents as a result of, again, a lawsuit. Judicial Watch, you know, a lot of people talk about Soros. A lot of people say Soros is terrible. Soros does this. Soros does that. Well, Judicial Watch is in court trying to get information about what exactly your tax dollars are being uh, used for with respect to Soros and trying to figure out what his influence is, especially any inappropriate influence in our government decision-making and our foreign policy abroad. And these new sets of documents make it look like uh, the State Department outsourced its uh, foreign policy in Albania to the Soros operation. The documents show that uh, uh, Soros' groups were invited into an election rollout event at the U.S. Embassy in 2015. His top guy in Albania, which I guess isn't the end of the world, but it's, it shows you just how close they were. It's pretty tough to get invitations to the U.S. Embassy abroad. You've got to be connected. Look, we may not think Albania is a big deal, but Albania thinks the United States is a big deal. Generally speaking, it's a tremendously pro-American country. It's, it's terrible corruption. Uh, obviously, they still have the uh, far-left elements from its days as a communist nation under the thumb of the Soviet Union. So its efforts to bring back markets, its efforts to 
uh, bring back sensible government are being impeded by socialist entities under the Soros operation. And typically their ideas are we have to have judicial reform, which is their vehicle for suppressing the will of the people in the legislature and the executive branch, or so you know, their versions of them abroad. That's what's going on in Albania specifically. And not only that, according to the documents we've uncovered, Soros' people are invited into the embassy, into the United States government uh, operations to figure out who to give money from. So not only are they getting your money, they're helping direct your, the spending of your money. Who knew that the United States government, the State Department, USAID, was allowing Soros operators to come in and help spend and direct their money? And according to, there's a June 2015 email from Ilva Kuka, a program specialist in the public affairs office in the U.S. Embassy in Tirana, which is the capital of Albania. He invites several people, including um, Dobrishi, who is Soros' top guy in Albania, to a donor's grant reviewing meeting at the U.S. Embassy, in which participants would review applications for grants submitted by NGOs, non-governmental organizations, seeking U.S. taxpayer grant money from the State Department. And this is the invitation. Your valuable input and comments will be used by the U.S. Embassy's Democracy Commission, which has the ultimate authority in awarding the grant. So they were advising this government entity on how to spend money. Now, you can bet if Judicial Watch, for instance, was seeking a grant in Albania, do you think Soros' companies or Soros' organization would approve that? Do you think the USAID, the deep staters there, would approve that? Of course not. The same guy, Kuko, invited the Bushi to another U.S. Embassy Democracy Commission small grants program grant proposal technical review meeting in that same year, 2015. And they said in this, in this email, it says they're going to focus on applications dealing with anti-corruption. Now, of course, you know, one of Soros' big political friends in Albania has terribly corrupt the prime minister. So uh, the irony there is rich. But I don't know about you, but I don't want any George Soros anywhere near our State Department or our United States Agency for International Development. I don't want his operatives directing the spending of my money. Do you want your, those operatives directing the spending of your tax money? I don't. And why is it Judicial Watch that's exposing this? Where's Congress? Where's the media? This is a scandal. For instance, what if, imagine if the U.S. government was giving, uh, you know, uh, there's just simply no comparison in terms of the vast wealth and influence Soros has with anyone on the conservative side, simply as anyone like him. And he's getting money to advance his radical agenda by working with U.S. government entities in the State Department, which are hostile to our values. These are deep staters, anti-Trumpers, you name it. They don't want a strong America. They don't want conservative um, entity. They don't want conservative governments in other countries. So they misuse their positions of power, working with outside groups like Soros. They funnel the money, and in the case of Albania, they actually bring Soros in or his operatives in to help spend the money and direct it to others. What a scandal.
Another email, 2016, election year. Kuko again invites several people, from including the Soros guy, to another grant reviewing meeting held in the U.S. Embassy. So this is uh, this is this is pretty serious because my understanding is because we've done these investigations, this is the attitude continues both in USAID and the State Department. And uh, Judicial Watch has fought, fought, fought hard to expose what's going on in Colombia, Macedonia, Albania. We're investigating Hungary. But Soros is, um, has the support of, as I said, these deep staters in the State Department and elsewhere in our government uh, to direct the use of your money and get your money directly to advance his agenda. So the next time, and of course, you know, when he gets money abroad, that frees up money here at home to advance his agenda. So when you hear Soros groups you know, protesting on the Hill or intimidating people on the Hill, well, you know, just so you know, your tax dollars are indirectly supporting that. Isn't that outrageous? But you can trust Judicial Watch to get to the bottom of it. Uh, we are not going to be cowed by the Soros crowd. We're going to keep on asking questions. We're going to be, keep on suing in court. So you can trust us to figure out what Soros is up to, at least, as it respect, at least with respect to his connections to our government. And just because you think it's, it's, a, it's the Trump administration, you think those connections have been severed, don't you count on it. Uh, I have another scandal. This one involves the Second Amendment. During the Obama administration, the uh, ATF, the Alcohol, uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, uh, came up with a new proposed rule that would reclassify uh, ammo that would effectively ban certain types of AR-15 ammunition. So they decided that a good large swaths of ammunition used in AR-15s would be designated as armor-piercing. And if they're armor-piercing, it means civilians have virtually no access to them. So this is the left's approach. We can't ban the guns, so let's ban the bullets through an abuse of our regulatory authority. That was the plan at the ATF. So uh, thankfully, members of Congress, because of um, Americans like their Second Amendment rights and they see a shady scam when they, know one, when they see one, or they know a shady scam when they see one, I guess that's the way I should say it, uh, 200 members of Congress wrote to the administration back in March of 2015 and said, look, you know, you're doing an end run around Second Amendment protections here. You better pull back. And they uh, f finally res uh, halted their efforts. But Judicial Watch wasn't going to let them get away with what they tried to do. So what we did was we sued for the records. So they gave us some records, but there were 1,900 other documents that they refused to give us. You know why they refused to give them to us? Because they pretended our initial Freedom of Information Act request was not... Um, uh, didn't cover the records. And so what they made us do is they made us, in order to get the records, we had to ask for them specifically and sue for them again, which we just did. Think about that. We sued them for records. They did a search. They found 84 records, which they uh, gave to us. 1,900 records they refused to give to us. 
They found them in response to our FOIA request, but refused to turn them over because they said they weren't responsive to our FOIA request. So rather than negotiate a solution saying just process the records and turn them over to us, they said, no, they're not responsive. So now we had to go ask for them separately. Give us the 1,900 pages that you said weren't responsive to our other FOIA requests, and we had to file a second lawsuit. We talk about Alice in Wonderland. But that's what we had to do to vindicate your right to find out what your government's up to. And the records are going to be interesting because uh, you know, we, we're not asking about them simply because uh, there's just a lot of documents. Sometimes there could be a lot of documents we don't have any interest in. But the documents include, let's see, talking points about the decision to ban them, uh, other records discussion, the, dis, uh, discussing uh, the ammunition reclassification. Of course, they're not going to call it a ban. They called it armor-piercing ammunition notice of proposed rulemaking. So they were going to change definitions that would lead to a ban of most of the ammo. Uh, and there were also questions and records about testimony to Congress they didn't want to give us. So this is the game they're playing. Now, we began this project three years ago. So this is a three-year project that your Judicial Watch undertook. And it's frustrating. It began during the Obama administration, and it continues into the Trump administration. Who's running the ATF? This is why I encourage the president. I encourage the White House. I encourage agency heads, I encourage Congress that the biggest thing that they can be doing, or a significant thing they can be doing, because the biggest thing they can be doing is eliminating these government agencies that just don't want, (laughs) that are abusive and don't want you to know what they're up to, is making them be transparent. Extreme transparency on all of these issues. So you had the Obama administration try to curtail your Second Amendment rights through a ban on the ammo for your weaponry. There was pushback from the public. They pulled back. But they don't want to give us documents about their power grab that undermines your rights. And that effort, that illicit effort, is being protected from disclosure by this administration, this Justice Department, this ATF. So those are the struggles that Judicial Watch faces every day uh, when we are in court fighting these agencies. And anyone who thought things were going to change with the Trump administration, they changed significantly in some ways. Things changed significantly here in Washington in some ways. That's why the deep state wants to take Trump out and overthrow him. But a lot of things don't change. Because these agencies think they, uh, as I said, they're the deep state. They think they answer to, they don't answer to the president. Because generally speaking, the president wants transparency and things like this. But I'm sure as lawyers say, you're not allowed to tell the agencies to release records. I mean, that's always the big fight. They don't think they answer to Congress. The ATF, for instance, is still fighting Congress, and DOJ is, over Fast and Furious records. And frankly, the Fast and Furious records they had turned over to Congress would never have been turned over but for Judicial Watch lawsuits. 
but the battles still continue even during the Trump administration. So uh, we're not going to wait for Congress to get its act together. We're not going to wait for the administration to get its act together. We're just going to go to court and try to get the records. So that's what Judicial Watch does. We're your watchdog in Washington. So uh, a lot going on this week. Uh, I'm going to end by reemphasizing the need for you to get involved with the Kavanaugh confirmation process. This is a fight between the rule of law and mob rule. This is a generational fight for our Republican form of government. And I tell you, if the Kavanaugh nomination does not succeed, ultimately, it may mean the new rule will be no conservatives can get on the Supreme Court. Or virtually anything can keep them off the Supreme Court, which would be an effective ban. And we can't let those who promote government abuse, libel, and threats and intimidation stop us from having a regular rule of law oriented government that reflects the will of the people. So that's that's what it, that's what it, that's what's at issue. So I encourage you to call your uh, senators again at 202-224-3121 today and every day until Judge Kavanaugh is confirmed to the United States Supreme Court. Thank you very much. Have a good week. I'll see you next week, hopefully with some good news. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.